Thank you for joining us for another life-giving message from City Church Now in Progress. Um, you know, I, I don't know about you all, but I, I, you know, I grew up in Sunday school, right? And some of you maybe did as well. Uh, maybe some of you didn't. You don't even know who Jonah is. He, he's in there. He's, he's in there. Uh, but you may not know who he is. And so, they, you know, they try to give you a quick summary. And so I'm going to go very, very fast and, and, and try to just catch you up. Because today, we're going to be looking at God's heart for the lost. Uh, and, 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 and really, God has a message for all of us. Uh, in, in this whole subject of Jonah, but like, so we're going to be looking really primarily at Jonah 4. So in case, in case you didn't know who Jonah was, in case you didn't know what his story is about, and you heard a good summary here, but I'm just going to run you quickly, Jonah 1 through 3, like in, in three minutes, right? And, and so you're going to be caught, all caught up. Um, and then once you're all caught up, man, you'll, you'll see what the story in Jonah 4 really just unfolds to show what God, uh, God's heart looks like. And, uh, and so if you're anything like me and you did go to Sunday school, there were two things I knew about Jonah. There was a place called Nineveh, and he was swallowed by a whale. Um, and, so, and so as I started reading my scriptures, man, I started to learn that, okay, Nineveh is a real place. But the whale stuff, not so much, right? Oh, I think I just messed with somebody's theology. They're like, wait, what? No whale? Yeah, there was no whale. So the scripture said he was swallowed by a great fish. And I think the whale stuff, man, was just Sunday school teachers trying to just fill in the blanks. Curious kids like me are like, okay, what's a great fish? It's like, well, it's not a shark. You would have ate him. So it was a whale. I'm like, all right, good. He was swallowed by a whale. So we, we just keep running with that. Um, and so Jonah, Jonah's story is, is very interesting because the way it begins, um, it just says the word of the Lord came to Jonah, son of Amittai, which is very, very interesting, right? The word of the Lord just comes to him. And, 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 and we don't know how old Jonah is. He could have been a teenager. He could have been 12. He could have been 100. Nobody knows. Um, we also don't know anything about his work, his occupation. You know, he could have been a dancer, a firefighter, you know, a carpenter, a anything, right? Um, but the word of the Lord comes to him and Jonah realizes that he is a prophet. So when the Lord says, hey, man, you need to go to Nineveh and you heard, um, and, and so the way I like to tell it, so I, I, I read primarily from the New King James, but, uh, you know, when I tell these stories, and especially the summary, I'm going to just give it very quickly through the KLT, that's the Kokezo Living Translation. So please bear with me um, as, as I just try to break this thing down. And, and so the word of the Lord comes to Jonah, right? And it's like, Jonah, you got to go to Nineveh and, and you have to deliver my message for me. Jonah's like, okay, cool. Uh, out of curiosity, Lord, um, where's Nineveh again? God is like, uh, it's east. It's like, bet, I'm going west. So Jonah runs, right? He runs to Tarshish in the opposite direction. And, and, and he says, you know, he's gotten on this boat. And the Lord arranges for the storm, right? God is trying to get Jonah's attention. So he arranges for the storm. And, and everybody's just freaking out. And guess what Jonah's doing? He's sound asleep in the hold. He reminds me of a certain savior who is sound asleep. And they came and said, do you not care that we perish? Right. And so and so Jonah just kind of reminds me of that. So they run to him and they're like, hey, man, get up, get up. So these these people on the boat, the idol worshipers. Right. So they're praying to their gods. And, and, and so they get to Jonah. And they're like, man, get up, get up. We're about to die. You you stand up and pray to your God and maybe he will save us. And Jonah's like, nah, nah. And so and so they cast lots to try to figure out uh, who the troublemaker is. So the lost point to Jonah and they're like, hey, Jonah. So so what, man, what did you do? Jonah is not even confused about the question, right? It's like, where are you from? What's, you know, what's your identity, your nationality? Jonah's like, I'm a Hebrew and I worship the Lord. And they're like, wait, 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 hold on. And it's like, he created the earth and the sea. Now they're freaking out. And here's why they're freaking out. When Jonah got on the boat, he tells them, I am running from the Lord. 
And so now he's telling them that he worships that same Lord he's running from and he created the sea. Now it's not a good story, right? And so they're throwing cargo overboard. Everybody's freaking out. And they're like, okay, so what must we do to, to calm everything down? Jonah's like, man, look, just toss me out. The captain doesn't like that idea. See, Jonah thought he could get the easy way out. He didn't want to do what the Lord told him to do. He figured if they toss me out there, I'm just going to die and it's great. It's done. And, and, and so he tells them, just throw me out and everything's going to be okay. And they're like, no, 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 we're not going to do that. And then eventually they try to row harder to land. It's not working out for them. And so they're like, all right, Lord of Jonah, um, uh, we don't want this man's blood on our hands. So forgive us uh, for, for, for kind of murder, murdering him, right? And they, they toss him out. And it says immediately as they toss him out, the storm comes down. And they're like, whoa. So the, his, his God is real. Right. And so they start worshiping the Lord. And so they start sacrificing and making vows and saying, we from now on are going to worship the Lord of Jonah. And so without knowing, Jonah was actually a great witness for the Lord. Uh, these men were idol worshipers. Now they worship the one true living God because he was a great witness for him. Unbeknownst to them or unbeknownst to him. Right. And so he's, he's in there and he said the Lord had arranged for this big fish to swallow Jonah. So he's in the belly of the fish for three days and three nights. And so that was Jonah 1. How many minutes was that? Okay, so Jonah 2, right? Jonah 2 is very quick, very simple. It's Jonah's prayer. So he's in the belly of the fish. And I love the prayer because the way Jonah prays, he, he prays mainly in past tense. He's like, well, you know, I was in the sea drowning. The Lord heard me. I, was, I had seaweed strangling me. And, and, you know, the Lord was there. And I, I'm in this dark place in the belly of the mountains. But here he is. And then Jonah makes this very great declaration. He says, from here on out, I promise that I worship in the house of the Lord and I will keep all my vows. And it says the fish spit him out on the shore. See, Jonah didn't know what he was saying when he said that, right? It's like, I'm going to keep all my vows. And God is like, all right, I like this. So he spits him out on the, and, and so, and so Jonah, Jonah 3 starts off. It says, okay, now the Lord of the, the word of the Lord came back to Jonah. Now this is a second time. And he says, man, Jonah, go to Nineveh and tell them the message that I gave you. And it says that Jonah, this time, he obeyed, all right? Okay, he promised he'd keep all his vows. So the Lord says, all right, go out there. Jonah obeys. And, and, and he gets to Nineveh. It says as soon as he got there, he saw a crowd. And he said, in 40 days, y'all are going to die. And right? And so the people of Nineveh are like, whoa, 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 whoa. 40 days were dying? Jonah's like, yep. And so that was the word of the Lord. He, was, he, he told Jonah to tell the city of Nineveh that they, they were going to be destroyed because they were so evil. But then it says those people actually believed Jonah. And so even the king steps down from his throne, takes off his robes, he puts on burlap, sits on a heap of ashes. He tells everybody, makes a decree, tells the whole city. He's like, from here on out, not you, not your children, not your animals. Nobody drinks or eats anything. We're going to fast. We're going to pray. And maybe, just maybe, God will relent and change his mind about this coming destruction. And uh, where we start today, man, is, is in Jonah, 1, uh, Jonah 4, verse 1. And, and, and when the Lord, he says, when, when the Lord saw, this is, this is the end of chapter 3. He says, when the Lord saw how, how they had repented, how sorry they were, he changed his mind. And so, um, man, we're going to talk about God's heart for the lost today. And so, in, 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 in Jonah 4, verse 1, it says in the New Living Translation, this change of plans greatly upset Jonah, and he became very, very angry. And so it's like, hold on a second, right? This guy's a prophet. He, 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 he prays to the Lord. And yet 
the Lord sent him to tell these people they're going to be destroyed. He delivers the message. And when the Lord is like, okay, cool, they heard it. They're good. They've repented. I'm good with them. Jonah's like, hold on a second. Nah, 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 nah. It's not going to work like that. And so what does this tell us? So what this does is Jonah 4 really helps us to, 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 to seek God's heart and, and to really find out what type of heart God has for us. So what, what it does is we're looking at, and, at, at who God is and who we are it's it's almost like a mirror for us right and so and so we see that god has a, a he has a compassion and a heart for the lost but then the question for us becomes do we do we have the same heart for the lost do we have god's heart for the lost then uh in case you uh, you wanted to follow along the notes are up on on your new version um and so I'm going to start reading here at, at uh, I'm going to read the scripture first, just so you get an idea about what we're talking about. I'm going to read here, um, and starting at verse 2, I'm going to read from the New King James, um, and we're just going to run quickly through this, and we're going to get to the heart of the message. And so it says, so, this is uh, Jonah 4, verse 2, it says, so he prayed to the Lord, and he said, ah, Lord, was this not what I said was still in my country? Therefore, I fled previously to Tarshish. For I know, check this out, you are a gracious and merciful God, slow to anger and abundant in loving kindness, one who relents from doing harm. And now this is good, right? He says, therefore, now, O Lord, please take my life. Jonah's had enough, right? Um, take my life from me, for it is better for me to die than to live. In the New Living Translation, it says, it is better for me to die than for what I predicted not to happen. Um, and so, so Jonah went out to the, uh, to the city, out of the city, and sat on the east side of the city. There he made himself a shelter and sat under it in the shade till he might see what would become of the city. So now Jonah's like, man, all right, I'm just going to chill. Maybe, just maybe God will change his mind again and destroy these jokers, right? And so he's chilling out there. He's waiting. And it says, and the Lord God prepared a plant and made it come up over Jonah that it might, shade, it might be shade for his head and deliver him from his misery. Mm, providence, right? Um, so Jonah was very grateful for the plant. Now I need you to catch this. Now you may have not read the, you know, the book of Jonah, but in the four chapters, this is the only time where it says anything about Jonah being grateful. Uh, he, he was swallowed by a fish. He was spat out. Not a single thank you, right? But this time he's grateful. There's a nice shade over his head. He's feeling very comfy. Um, and so, but it says, oh, check out what God is doing. But as morning dawned the next day, God prepared a worm, and it so damaged the plant that it withered. And it happened that when the sun arose, that God prepared a vehement east wind, and the sun beat down on Jonah's head, so he grew faint. And then he wished death upon himself, and said, it is better for me to die than to live. Man, this guy's got issues, right? Um, then God said to Jonah, I love it. God is always so good. He's just like... Is it right for you to be angry about the plant? And he said, it is right for me to be angry even to death. But the Lord said, you've had pity on the plant for which you have not labored, nor made it grow, which came up in a night and perished in the night. And should I not pity Nineveh, that great city in which are more than 120,000 persons who cannot discern their right hand from their left? and much livestock. Translation, what God is saying is, look, man, there's a hundred, more than 120,000 people that are living in spiritual darkness. Should I not pity them? 
just as much as you're pitying this plant that, you know, was just over your head a minute ago. Um, and so the way we're going to look at the subject, man, is we're going to look at um, the why, the who, and the what. Okay, and this is how we're going to truly just dig into the story of Jonah and see if maybe God has a message for you, for me, for us, right? And so uh, why? The why here is we should always continually examine our hearts. Um, and so we, we get this, man, from, from Jonah uh, 4 verse 2. Jonah says, I said, right? He told God, he said, I said. So what Jonah here is trying to do is he's trying to correct God. Um, and what I love about the scripture is, you know, in, in, in Jonah 1, when God told him, go to Nineveh, we didn't get part of this conversation. This is the first time we're hearing that he and God just had this conversation. And Jonah is telling God, is like, man, look, before I left home, I told you that your plan was bad. You had a bad plan. And so what Jonah is telling God here is, look, there are two things that you need to consider. First, your plan is not going to work. It's a bad, bad plan. But second, to make matters worse, you are choosing the wrong person for the job, right? So what Jonah is trying to say is, you have to conform to my wishes because I know better than you, Lord. You don't know what you're doing, right? And so what, what he's trying to, to teach us here is we find ourselves in these moments where we think we can convince God that what he's doing is not right, right? And, 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 and perhaps the way he, he, he treats people, right? Like, man, these heathen next door, always getting a new car. I'm driving Humpty Dumpty to church to serve you, right? What, 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 what's going on? You're wrong, God, right? And so, and so this, this is what Jonah is telling us. It's like, man, God, you don't have this. I, I got this thing on lockdown and you just don't get it. Right? And so we also try to argue with him about our calling. Like, uh, I want to be a football player. You want me to preach? Like, nah, 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 that's not going to happen. And so, so what Jonah is teaching us here is, is that we sometimes have these arguments with God. Like, man, we know more than you, right? Um, and, 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 and so he, he, he does something very interesting. Then he comes in and says, and that's why I fled, right? So what Jonah is doing is he's taking matters in his own hands. And we see this in our lives where we say, Lord, Here's the thing. If you're not going to do things my way, I'm going to thwart your plan by refusing to participate. Right? And so, and so it's like, man, if I don't like what City Church is doing, I'm just not going to show up to serve. Right? Like, I don't like it the way you're doing it, God, so I'm just not going to show up. I'm going to refuse to participate because you don't want to do it my way. And so, so what Jonah is doing is, is man, oof, preach. Okay. <laughs> he... he, 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 he he, he gets into this thing where he says, all right, all right, now I'm so tired of your bad plans and, and, and all these things you're doing. It's better for me to die. So it's like, take my life. And he says, please. See, he's very polite, you know. So next time, you know, just say please and maybe God will do something about that. So, so Jonah's like, man, please take my life. So what Jonah is saying is, I value my reputation more than yours. And so what Jonah is telling us is that he values his reputation what Jonah is, this again, this is a mirror. Like, do we value our own personal reputation more than we value compassion for people who are perishing in sin? Right? I'm just not going to hang out with those guys over there because, you know, I, I don't want to be infected by their sinful nature, right? Because we're all so righteous, right? That's why we're here, right? We're looking out of the window there in the second floor. It's like, look at those guys. At least I'm in here. It's Sunday. They're out having brunch. I'm worshiping the Lord, right? my reputation much much better and so and so what Jonah is saying here is is that what he's trying to show us he says God God relented 
from, from, from punishing Nineveh, but Jonah was angry. What Jonah is showing us here, and, and this is the point, uh, is that our reason, our reason for action determines our reaction. All right, so, so, so catch this. Why you act determines how you react. And, and, and so if you don't act with the right motives, with the right heart, now we're talking heart here, right? God has a heart for the lost. We're talking heart. So if you don't act with the right heart, you're not going to react very well. If you do kind works because you expect people to say thank you and then they don't, unmet expectations, yeah, yeah, so that's not going to work. So even Jesus gives us a picture of this, right, in Luke 17, 17, after he'd healed all the 10 lepers and only one of them comes up. And Jesus is like, whoa, 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 hold on. We're not all 10 cleansed. Where are the other nine, right? But Jesus had the right motives for healing them. And so the way he reacted, it was just like, whoa, where are the other nine? All right, you know what? You're good. Go worship the Lord. You're fine, right? And so how, why, why we do things just determines how we're going to react when things just don't go our way. And so that's point number one, why we should always continually examine our hearts. We need to have the right motives in place before we do something. And so Jonah's like, okay, cool, cool. Uh, now we get to the who, right? The who is remember who God is. Remember who God is. See, this is what I love about Jonah. Jonah knew something that we should all know about God. Um, and that's why he said, it's like, man, I knew. And what did he know? He said, I knew you were gracious. I knew you were merciful. You're slow to anger. You're long-suffering. You're patient. And, and, and what I love about God is he doesn't deny these allegations, right? <laughs> he, he's just listening. Very patient God. He's just like, okay, all right, all right. And then, and then when Jonah's done speaking... He's like, is it all right for you to be angry? Like, 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 so chilled out. I mean, that just frustrates me, right? Like, 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 that would frustrate you. You're yelling at somebody, yelling at somebody. They're just so calm. They're like, okay. And then after he yelled, they're like, is it right for you to be angry? Right? So that's how God reacts to this whole thing. He's like, man, this is who I am. You're right. You're right. So is it right for you to be angry that I'm this way? <laughs> and so Jonah doesn't get it. He's like, okay. He's trying to wrestle with these issues. What Jonah is wrestling is, and this is a question for you, this is a question for us, right? Is, is, is whose heart do we have, right? Do we have God's heart or do we have Jonah's heart? And, and see, what, what, what the problem is, Jonah was mad because he could not change God's attitude toward the people of Nineveh. What Jonah was trying to say is, look, look, man, God, you're supposed to hate sinners, and God is like, but I love sinners. Um, and and Jonah, Jonah could just not reconcile this within himself. What, what, what the prophet was fighting against, the prophet was looking ahead to this time, to you and me. What Jonah was trying to, to, to wrestle against, this, this, is, this is the mind of God. What Jonah was failing to see, these people, these sinners, what he was failing to see was what God was seeing and what God looked at when he saw them, when he saw us today candidates for grace that's what God saw but Jonah was just frustrated because he just did not have the right heart he, he couldn't he, he couldn't reconcile why is it that God just loves these sinners so much and so this whenever I hear this man I just I, I remember what Jesus said in Luke 5 32 right he said I came not to call the righteous but I came to call the sinners to repentance and so Jonah, man, if Jonah and Jesus were in the same time, they never would have gotten along. <laughs> like, like, because Jonah is like, man, I know God's heart. I know what God wants. 
And yet when God shows up in a different way than he expected, he's like, eee. right? And so that's us, right? Like that's, that's the time of Jesus. You're like, all right, I know who God is. I'm reading the scriptures. I've got this thing. I've got it. I've got it. I've got it. And then he shows up as a carpenter who walks on water. You're like, whoa. Okay, not what I expected. I was expecting a sword, right? Because that's the Messiah. He's going to bring out his sword and we're going to destroy the Romans. And then he comes. It's like, peace, peace, love. Love your neighbor. Give them your shirt. You know, let him punch you. And you're like, hold on a second. And so, so what Jonah couldn't realize, that what he couldn't reconcile is that the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of Jesus Christ is upside down. Everything you think you know about the world, Jesus is like, no, no, do the opposite thing, right? It, it, you, you, the world tells you, accumulate, accumulate. Jesus is like, no, let go, let go, give, give, give. The world tells you, just, just hold grudges, right? Don't forgive. Jesus is like, hold on a second. Forgive everyone. And, and, and I love this instant. You know, I like to put myself in these stories when I read them. And I, I could just imagine that point where Peter comes to Jesus, man. And in Matthew, he, he runs to Jesus. It's like, all right, Jesus is talking about forgiveness. And Peter comes running. It's like, I got this thing a lock. But I want Jesus to tell everybody else that I'm right about this and nobody else knows how good I am, right? So Peter runs to Jesus. It's like, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. How many times must I forgive my brother, right? And, and Peter already has the answer in his head. It's like, is it seven times? And what he's waiting for, what he's waiting for, what he seeks is Jesus to like, yeah, yeah, seven times. You're good. But Jesus is like, uh, no, it's 70 times, seven times. Now, now what I love about Peter is he, you know, he, he's a fisherman, so he can count. He knew his calculus, right? So he's like 70 times. He's like, man, that's 490 times. And because he walked with Jesus, Peter knew, okay, that's 490 times a day. So, so it, it's, it's a whole mess. And, you know, you're thinking, okay, I thought seven times was perfect. Now he's saying 490 times a day? Who is this guy? Is he really the Messiah, right? Um, and so what, 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 what is this who? The, the who is essentially telling us that the best way, the best way to truly, to truly understand ourselves, to see our heart, um, is, is to measure. that We have a measuring stick, right? The best way to really understand ourselves is, is to compare our motives, our intentions, with God's unfailing love and faithfulness. Let, let's compare our business, our agenda with his sacrificial love. And I, I actually, you know, I was thinking about this. I tried this little exercise, right? And I was like, all right, my motives, my agenda, God's sacrificial love. And I sat there and I was like, whoa. Started, you know, walking back a little bit because I was like, I'm a work in progress. Because um, I just, I couldn't get there. I was like, I'm thinking, I'm thinking, I'm thinking. All right, my motives, my motives, your agenda. I'm like, yikes. But then you know what that did? That, that just broke the wall open. Because when I realized that I am a work in progress, now I can boast in my weaknesses. Because it's not about me, it's about him, right? And so that, that's, that, I love that spoken word because it speaks the truth about what we're facing today. What we're talking about today is, is it's not about you. That's what we told our students. It's not about who you are. It's about whose you are. And so that's why now I can come in. I'm like, you know what? I'm weak. But when I'm weak, then I am strong, right? And so now I can boast in these weaknesses because I've compared my agenda to God's unfailing love. And I see that there is nothing, absolutely nothing I can do to overcome that. His love is so much greater than anything I could do that it really doesn't matter. All I have to do is just sit back, relax, and enjoy the flight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, so... Um, so, 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 man, Jonah is such a good prophet, though, right? Um, and, and, and so, 
that what I love about God though is that he 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 doesn't just let us go you know um usually like oh, lord i'm just going to do my own thing and he's like okay but he doesn't leave you to your own devices for too long right so when jonah got onto the boat he you know he got his attention with the storms and all that and 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 so now jonah's like you know what i'm going to go chill out in the east side of the city now we're coming back to to the what right we talked about the why continually examine your heart because why you act determines how you react and so we talked about the who remember remember who god is God is gracious, he's loving, he's merciful, he's long-suffering, he is very patient. Um and now we talk about the what. And the what is just remember what really matters. And 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 here's what really matters. So in 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 verse 4 through 9, we get or 5 through 9, we get the object lesson of the plan, right? So so God is trying to get to Jonah. It's like, man, look. There there's something you're not seeing here. I'm trying to show you who I am and you seem to think that you know who I am but you you kind of lost a little bit. And so so that the object lesson of the plant is God moves Jonah now to he, you know he 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 creates the plant, right? Jonah is very very grateful. He's like, "All right, this is great. Oh man, I feel good." But here's the issue. Jonah became comfortable. And when Jonah became comfortable, God took away <laughs> the comfort. <laughs> Oh, I love God. Man. Man, oh man. All right. So 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 what is God telling us with this? It is like see Jonah suffered from from a couple of problems. I mean, we we could all tell from reading the story. It's like just kill me now, right? But but he suffered from another problem that he maybe perhaps didn't see and that was condemnation. See, see Jonah was condemning the people of Nineveh. He was condemning himself. He was even condemning God. He's just like, "Man, look, you don't know what I'm you're doing. I know what I'm doing but you don't seem to get it and so just just go chill over here so Jonah what he's doing is it says he set out on the east side of the city to watch might what might happen see what Jonah was hoping for cuz he had already condemned the nation of Nineveh to death he's like man I'm going to sit on the east side of the city and God is going to change his mind and he's just going to rain fire from heaven and everybody's going to die and this is going to be okay Jonah just did not see things the way God saw them and so God God he gives him this plan right and and but what god is showing us is his 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 blessing his benevolence is not for our comfort and so that's the lesson that he's showing jonah is like man i'm going to give you this tree but don't get too comfy right his his benevolence is not for your comfort so what god is saying is it's not okay for me to drive my hummer putting 3000 you know dollars of gas every month while people are starving it's not okay it's just not okay to 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 eat out every night and even on Sunday and not give at church it's not okay his benevolence you are blessed to be a blessing right so his benevolence is not for our comfort it's not okay to just get posted up and do whatever we want with the blessings that god has given us and so jonah was feeling very comfortable he's like this is nice i'm enjoying this right and so and so jonah is like yeah okay i'm enjoying this this time but here's the problem with jonah right now is while he was feeling grateful jonah was grateful about his comfort not about the deliverance of the sinners in nineveh right he he was feeling good that he was comfortable he didn't care very much for the people that god had delivered he didn't even want them delivered and so that's where that comfort comes in and so god asks a very penetrating question for us all of us to reflect upon in verse 9 he says is it okay for you to be angry about the plant And see what God is telling us here is he's going to show up in ways that you're not going to expect, right? And so and so we pray, all right, Lord, 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 you know, I I I want this marriage. And then when it's not working, you're like, ah, 
is it okay for you to be angry about this marriage? Right? We, we pray that I want this job, I want this job, and then you hate your boss. And God is like, wait a second, is it okay for you to be angry about this? Right? And so, and so what, what he's telling Jonah is like, most of these things, and this is our life today, what he's telling us is, I've got full control of everything in your life. I give you these blessings, I place you in these places, I give you these possessions, and then they begin to possess you. And then, and then when I tap you on the shoulder and try to give you a reminder of, of who I am and that you, I've got your best interest in mind and I, maybe I take out a couple of things from here and I take out from there, you start complaining. Like you, you, you had all this thing under your control, right? And so he's like, hold on a second. It's not okay. It's not okay because this is my doing. What you need, what we all need is have faith in him. And so, and so God is just tapping Jonah on the shoulder. It's like, come back home. Come back home because this isn't your doing. You had nothing. He didn't even told me. Why are you angry? You didn't do anything to make it grow. It came up and it left. Why is that your business? And you're more angry about that than 120,000 people over there who are about to die? Like, hold on a second. Perspective, right? Get your perspective right. I am the Lord your God. You should be rooted in me, in my word, in my promises, not in your own ability. And that's why, that's, I mean, that's why Jesus came, right? Because, because in his time, everybody's like, man, I'm just going to do the Ten Commandments. And, and then if I fail, I'm just going to kill a little animal and I'm going to be okay. And Jesus is like, hold on. I got this whole thing. I'm, gonna, I'm, I'm just going to give the final sacrifice. So that from now on, from here on out, you don't have to try in your own power. You don't have to try in your own power to be right with God. And, and so... In case you're ever wondering, man, what we do in Theater 5, this is what we do. We talk about the gospel of Jesus Christ. That instead of people telling you that the cross is the finish line, no, no, no. The cross is the starting point. Yeah? And so you are already saved. You are already loved. You are already righteous right now. And then when you truly understand that, right, that's when you start to become righteous in your outward experience. So, so if you're a parent and you're thinking, Man, my child is going in there eight weeks and he still hasn't changed. Don't worry. It's not, it's not about behavior modification. It's heart transformation. This is heart. This is heart. And so it's, it's, it's happening. It's, it's happening. Just, just, just give them time. Just, just give them time. It's working. But, but we are really preaching the unadulterated gospel of Jesus Christ. The way it is. In its simplicity. And we just tell you, man, look, Jesus loves you. Did you fail yesterday? Guess what? Jesus still loves you. Um, and so that's, that's what we talk about, man. And, and so, um, and we're going to close this with, with, you know, what the Christian life actually is. It is a life of service, of, of, of sacrifice, of giving ourselves, um, of abstinence, of, of doing all the things that God is calling us to do. So before I go, before I go, I'm just going to give you all a call to action. And the call to action is simply this. We have to have God's perspective. And that's what he shows Jonah in verses 10, 9, uh, 9 and 11. Or 10 and 11, he's like, man, look, you have things twisted. You're angry about a plant while there are people out there perishing. And so this call to action makes us ask this question. What really matters to God? What matters to God are people. Are people. What, what Jonah failed to show the Ninevites is what God showed him. He showed him his amazing grace, his love and his mercy. Because that's what, who, that's, that's what he does. That's who he is. And so before I leave, man, I'm going to ask this last question. So the question is, what would happen today in this church if God moved in a great and mighty way? 
Some might think, uh, yeah, we're all just going to sit and, 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 and dance and rejoice. But you would be wrong to think this. You would be wrong to think that everybody here is going to just stand up and dance and say, Lord, Lord, yes. Because here's the problem. Because here's the problem. Sometimes God doesn't show up in the ways that we expect him to. And so he, he comes in, he shows up in a great and mighty way. And people are like, well, I don't like that one. So I'm just going to just, just sneak on out, right? And so, and so the question is, instead of just celebrating, and, and I like to close this with this, I think about the, the, the prodigal son. Um, and this shows the heart of God for his lost people. And so the, the, the story, when you think about it, you think about the prodigal son, right? Just one of them. But what God is showing us is there are prodigal sons, Okay, so one, the younger one is lost in his badness outside. The older is serving the father, but he's lost in his goodness. One is lost in prodigal living and one is lost in the father's house. And so there are two kinds of lost in the kingdom of God. Is some of them are lost out there, but some of us are lost in here. And so what God is telling us is he's got a heart for you. He's got a heart for us. And, and, and I love it, the way he, he, he closes out the, the prodigal son story. He says, look, some of you lost out there, when you come back home, he rejoices. When you're lost out in the world and you come back home, all of heaven rejoices. And if you're lost in the Father's house, here's what he's saying to you. He's saying, everything I have is yours. Don't get lost in this. Don't get lost in this. This is my heart for you. If you're out there, come back and I'll welcome you. If you're in here, everything I have is yours. So before you go, ask yourself this. Where are you? Where are you lost? Are you lost out there or lost in the father's house? And these stories, Jonah's story, the story of the prodigal sons, it's not about disobedient children, indignant brothers. All of it is all about a father's unfailing love, unconditional love for his children. So with that, I will end the service. Thank you very much, City Church. You've been great. We hope you enjoyed today's message. For more details about City Church and for other resources, visit us online at www.citychurchtv.com or contact us via email at info at If you are encouraged or inspired by today's message, we ask that you prayerfully consider partnering with us financially, either in a one-time gift or as a monthly partner. No gift is too small. We have three convenient ways for you to give. Via our website at citychurchtv.com backslash give. Via text, text citychurchtv and the amount that you would like to give to 77977. By mail, mail your check or money order to City Church Global Ministries, 8105 Razor Boulevard, Box 90, Plano, Texas, 75024. Once again, thank you for downloading today's message. We look forward to connecting with you soon.